0: If I've got a chronic health condition, and I don't know why, and I don't eat right, I don't exercise right, don't sleep right, don't breathe right, and (laughs) I'm going off to do a psychedelic healing retreat, and I don't know my trauma history, haven't done any somatic integration, I've never been to talking therapy, I haven't done any shadow work or child healing. That to me is a dangerous path because you get access to certain levels of information but you're trying to integrate that into a body that you're not in. So then you roll back, and then you end up falling into often the victim shadow, which is, I've done so much
1: healing. How am I still here? Fishy family. When was the last time you considered the womb you came from? My guess it's probably been a while we are calling you to womb in this outstanding and clarifying episode with master healer and womb alchemist safa boga her Kamiya healing podcast on youtube and spotify is absolutely mind-blowing and the subjects are so relevant to our modern life and highly highly valuable definitely go give it a listen after we pour into womb guided by divine instruction in this epic conversation just before we do that, I would like to invite you to invite others to rate this show on Apple and Spotify. I'm hosting this show because after unraveling all of the medical lies I've been told about endometriosis, I educated myself and I was able to heal myself after 17 years of debilitating pain. Whether it's endo or any other painful disorder labeled as chronic, we expose the lesser known solutions that can heal your mind, body, and your spirit. I also created an ongoing art series about it called Every Phase, powerfully illustrating how I healed myself living by the phases of the female in rhythm clock. This month, we're in the follicular phase and in this month's featured piece, I have decided to create something I have never shown before, a portrait of my pain, how it looked and then what it became. Follow the series to watch for its release on the last Friday of the month and be the first to see it by subscribing on my website at MeredithOchoa.com. While you're on the site, be sure to pick up a signed copy of my book, Face Your Shit, Heal Yourself, capturing all of the art pieces from the first year of the series. Even though I was lied to for years by doctors promoting big pharma, I was able to find experts who helped me achieve the impossible. This show introduces them to you. Today we are chatting with womb alchemy expert and creator of Kamiya healing, Safa Boga. Safa is an expert in somatic trauma healing, womb alchemy and energy healing. She has helped thousands of people around the world transform their lives and heal chronic health conditions. She brings a unique and profound depth of embodied spiritual wisdom and experience to facilitate deeper realms of healing than is ordinarily available. Those who heal with her call it miraculous, beyond imagination, and life-changing. Safa also teaches somatic therapists, psychotherapists, doctors, artists, healers, and shamans at the School of Healing Alchemy. She is a qualified craniosacral therapist and has a master's degree in transpersonal psychology. She lives in London with her cat Rambo and enjoys gardening, Playing guitar and traveling. Oh, Safa Boga. I am so happy to have you here on Face Your Shit, Heal Yourself. You are the perfect person to be on a show that is named is named about something so irreverent yet really deep. So how's it going? How are you? Very, very deep. When I saw the
0: name of your podcast. And you reached out to me, like, face your shit, heal yourself. That's what I <laughs> Someone who, who calls their podcast by that name is ballsy. That was my first impression. So thank you for being ballsy and putting yourself out there and saying it how it
1: is. Thanks. Thanks for implementing that name in your work, which mm. we'll talk about. But before we do that, I got to ask, what did you have for breakfast this morning? <laughs>
0: So, of so, such a good question.
1: I had a mint tea,
0: a green tea, and a green smoothie. Been all green. Wow, a lot of green. A lot of green. And I'm really recognizing now the importance of nourishing my body as part of the healing journey, really taking care yeah. of Yeah,
1: definitely. And there was just the green comet that passed. This weekend in the Northern Hemisphere. Did you know about that? It was Saturday it or Sunday. Yeah, there was because I, yeah. I have all of these events in my diary,
0: in my calendar. They get uploaded automatically. And I saw something that said
1: Green Comet. And I wondered whether I might spot it. Yeah, it's been like 50,000 years since anyone saw this thing. So it's pretty special. And now your breakfast is aligning with <laughs> <us>. So <laughs> it's powerful.
0: If I was wearing green today, it would have been even more powerful. Yeah.
1: yeah. Well, I see some green plants back there. Oh, you yeah. You got, you got, yeah, you got the green going on. Got I feel green. it. You got the green
0: lady standing right behind you.
1: I do. I do. So that's Kate Moss. She is a fixture here on Face Your Shit, Heal Yourself. <laughs> she is all about the biophilic design. Shout out to Terry Furuta who I collaborated with, another artist, floral designer, very cool, here in Atlanta. So yeah, she's Kate Moss back there. Never seen her this way, have you? She's fierce.
2: She is fierce. And more
1: sober
0: than Kate Moss, perhaps.
1: Yeah, yeah, she brings us healing. Absolutely. So speaking of healing, tell us about the unique healing modality that you created, womb alchemy, and what led you to discover this?
0: So I, I was working at the time with plant medicine, speaking of green, being really guided and led by plants like ayahuasca. And I had a very profound ego death experience of having to completely let go and just dissolving into the jungle and finding myself as Everything, finding myself as like the little droplets of water on a leaf and of the Amazon River. And it was scary at the time, but it really changed my life. And shortly after that, I had this, I was just brushing my teeth one morning and I had this voice and it said, call the people to womb. And I was like, call the people to where? To womb. And I didn't know anything about womb. My womb work, nothing. Like I hadn't read a book, hadn't done a course, nothing. I was working as a healer at the time, so I had my practice set up. But I didn't imagine I would ever be doing womb work. And as I inquired into this voice, I was being told that womb is matrix. Womb is the Latin word for matrix. And I was to call the people to womb to evoke a rebirthing experience through the womb, which was. Then I realized that's what I had been through, my ego death. And so the womb room began as a bit of a ex- social experiment. And I went onto Facebook at the time and I said, Hi, everyone, I've been called to invite you to womb. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes. We experience a collective rebirth together. Please don't ask for further details, but if you feel the call, jump in. And within 24 hours, 100 people joined me for the first ever womb room. And it was a 10-day journey. I was guided for it to be 10 days, and it was completely intuitively orchestrated. It ended up being um, a very, very profound experience of rebirth. And so we're pouring into this womb that has been created by divine instruction. And all of the shadows and programs and self-limiting beliefs and pains and traumas are all coming up very very fast to the surface so it's like a catalyst and we journeyed together through that and became you know a group of strangers went from becoming strangers to becoming somehow related through all of our experiences and the final healing ceremony was something that even I haven't really been able to put into words and I let other people put it into words and they kind of described like just having their eyes closed and seeing all of this like Cosmic fireworks like exploding from their womb, and feeling of being completely immersed in divine light and seeing themselves as divine forces in a human body. And that to me was absolutely incredible that we could create that together. And it led me into more of the sessions and offering Wim Room as a program. And we have had maybe over 500 people so far, rebirth themselves in room room. And so, wow, that's kind of how it started. So it was sort of like a spiritual initiation that I just trusted and went with because I didn't have an expected outcome. I didn't have anything in my mind that I wanted to do with it. It was just, let's do this because we're being told we need to call the people. And so through the journey and also through my healing work, in various different modalities, I discovered that I have a sensitivity that's kind of freakish to be able to feel at a very deep level the way people's ancestral structures and prenatal structures vibrate through their nervous system and energy field. So I really discovered the importance of the in utero world when it comes to healing trauma and helping people to go through that journey of healing from ancestral imprints that they have been carrying and not knowing that they're carrying, through to the in utero imprints, and what they've experienced by even just being in the womb, and how that affects the nervous system and the brain, and then the birthing process into this world, and then the inner child work which we all know so so well, and we've all done that, and we've journeyed through our inner child, and then into the feminine body and even the masculine body, and healing our relational wounds. And going all the way on that journey through various levels of healing trauma, coming into the spiritual reality and our own spiritual bodies and accessing then the kind of what I call the great mother and the great father frequency. Nice to see you smile. Yeah. Which I really feel is very profound, especially when we haven't necessarily had mother figures and father figures that have been able to embody that and hold us in safety and hold us in love and help us to heal, when we start to go beyond the human egos of our parents and we go into their spirit, their soul and who they are, our greatest teachers and triggers, then we start to access compassion and love and we get to really feel the frequencies of great mother, great father, which all, all kind of cosmologies have offered this to us in so many different forms. So this is the journey really, the journey from our collective Programs, collective trauma, all the way through to our personal, biographical, ancestral, relational, and all the
2: way into our spiritual reality and potential.
1: Wow. I smiled because, you know, mother, father, creator, and our homies. So we've had many conversations (laughs) <laughs> and all um, channeled that and felt that come through i'm sure your body
0: and your work and you're guided by those forces even though they don't necessarily speak they kind of move you in a certain way and you speak through those vibrations
1: yeah yeah it's a calling absolutely it's a calling and if you hear the call and it can't be it's like not something you could ever just do for money or for yeah. Any other reason other than the call. It's like not a choice anymore. If you hear it, it's like your responsibility. You know the truth. So you inherently have a responsibility there. <laughs> my body as you said. That. But, well, I mean, you know better than anyone. And I think it's definitely something the womb everyone takes for granted. We came here to this experience through a womb. And it's something we don't, Recognize. So this work is so crucial right now to everyone's not only survival but just continued evolution. Like you were saying, absolutely.
0: It's not survival. It's so much Mm -hmm. more than that. It's Mm even exactly as you said it. It's evolution, and we've seen that on a collective level with the lockdowns, pandemics, and navigating collectively through a huge rebirthing of our own reality. Which now we look back, it probably feels a bit, to me at least, feels a bit surreal, a bit like a dream that at one point, Mm -hmm. not really even allowed out to public places. And so this evolution that we're all going through is at so many levels. And the one thing that we have in common at all these levels is womb. We're working on it. We can trace it back to womb. Whatever kind of trauma we're healing, we
1: can understand it within the framework of womb. Could you tell us a little bit more about the overarching cosmic womb and the significance also of, you mentioned a little bit, but the womb healing for men? Yeah, this is something that I've kind of discovered
0: through meditation, meditative states, expanded states of consciousness and experienced myself. The whole experience of womb is like so multidimensional. We've got the physical womb, which we know as women. we have the kind of energetic womb space, which is often where we are imprinted on by the ancestral structures. We've got the the cosmic womb, which the way I describe it is kind of like the entire universe, the mystery that we can't really even define. It's undefinable. And then we have the void of womb, which is Mm. the void, the complete Mm -hmm. nothingness, the shunyata emptiness, and all religions at some level touch on The void of womb because it's our inherent state of being is that empty nothingness the blackness the nothing and from that which creation comes so for me womb work is and womb alchemy is really taking people on the journey through the whole spectrum and that doesn't exclude men in fact it very much includes men and we have always had men join us in womb usually called by their partners, but sometimes they call themselves to womb. And I think it's really important that men embrace womb in the full experience and the true essence of what womb is, which is not just something to do with women. And as you said, we're all born from womb. So men and boys, young boys, they are actually experienced in womb because they're imprinted upon from their mother's womb. And Mm -hmm. when we look at our conditioning and our programming and when men look at why they are the way they are, if they understood what their mother was feeling at the time of conception and what the mother was going through during pregnancy and how mother's emotions and emotional state, nervous system state, directly has shaped their own nervous system state and therefore what they believe about themselves, it can really be a force of guidance to understand those deeper things that often I find men struggle to verbalize. Often as women, we're very, we've got this kind of emotional, which that we learn to use from a very early age. And I often find that men feel these emotions at a very deep level as well, but don't have the vocabulary or necessarily the commission. And yet they have been, if you think about the state of man, their actual essence is yeah. empty space. So when empty space is being imprinted on, the imprints are even more felt in the womb because their true state is empty, the divine masculine. So at that level, it's really important to understand, for men to understand who they are when they're doing that trauma healing work, that inner child work, but also when it comes to the interpersonal level for the man to cultivate who he is, the leadership, the strength, the courage, the, the masculine qualities, he needs to be able to interact with his polarity, which is the feminine and the feminine energy. And a lot of the interactions can be distorted when that man doesn't have a connection with his own womb. And in Chinese medicine, they call it lower Dantian or Hara, which is that energetic space down there where. We, as women, would call it womb, and men also have womb. So sometimes people are surprised when I say men have womb too. And until they start mm-hmm. meditating there and focusing there, feeling what that space is, they can go their entire lives, not knowing they have womb just because they don't bleed and burst from womb. They have this energetic right. space and center, which is very powerful. And learning how to access that provides the masculine with this almost un- infinite unlimited source of energy and life force to direct yeah. and propel him and that, is, that creates that kind of polarity between the masculine and the feminine and that shows him more of who he is which is what he's looking for and so at an interpersonal level to be able to connect, interact In a way that really allows him to see who he is. Accessing his womb, his sexual energy, and being in touch with that in a way that's not just about physical short-term pleasure, but is actually about his creative power. We get that as women because we are birthing and we are so associated with creativity because we can give birth to children. Often men are kind of bypassed their create their creative life force is almost bypassed because they're not connecting always with this space within them so right. you know, from a point of view of channeling and harnessing sexual energy and also spiritually what i've seen in like visions and ceremonies and in my own healing work and womb alchemy is men as i said they're the empty space so they're mm-hmm. very close to the void as close as it gets and they heal very differently from women much more direct, much more clear. When he knows himself as the void or womb, he becomes that divine force. And so the divine masculine, they kind of hold womb, like they surround it as guardians because they know what it's like to be in the void. So they hold the space and the women are jumping into the womb and they're spiraling and they're healing and they're moving and all the emotions are coming through and the the creativity, everything. And they are there still holding because they already know. So it really allows, wound work from men really allows them to to harness their divine masculine and to stay still in their kingdom.
1: Yeah, really powerful. How exactly what you were saying about how men can actually see themselves more for who they really are through the pe- feminine polarity because it's always through the contrast that we're able to even realize anything about ourselves like what we want what we don't want What's in it? all that stuff
0: i was just saying yeah. Yeah, sometimes it's through what we don't want
1: that we actually realize
0: what we deserve and what we are looking for when we experience what we don't want and the god that is him is like a shield it has to absorb a lot of the human collective projection of god right? Mm -hmm. It's until we go beyond that barrier and we're willing Mm -hmm. to go to the sacredness of God as a goddess, creator as goddess, right? That's, And it's almost using God as a him is like protecting the sacredness of the feminine. So for me, it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just levels of where we are perceptually.
1: Oh, totally. No. And for everyone, it's whatever you resonate with. There's many different paths to go to the same place. But the the oneness and the polarity, it's really, you realize the oneness through the polarity of masculine and feminine and that at the higher levels, there is none. It's all one. And that's the really, just really beautifully trippy part about it all. And it's where all the real healing actually occurs. Absolutely. It is trippy. Yeah,
0: in certain ceremonies looking around and you open your eyes and you're in very deep and everything is just white light the outlines of people's bodies. It's just white light. There is no gender in that space.
1: Yeah. Yeah. One of the art pieces I did, the twenty-six art piece specifically, and this is actually how I first came across your work. It's called Intimacy, Intimacy. And I was inspired by a quote on your website. So I'm going to read that. It reads, the reality is, the womb is an integrated system inherently connected to our throat and our heart, our center of intelligence and knowing and our ability to speak our truth. Tell us more about this connection. So powerful mm. and the importance of the somatic trauma release, which is just connected straight to this. It is.
0: And as we, we talked about religion and I grew up in a Islamic household back. At a Catholic convent school. And wow. Having evolved through that, I call the womb, heart, throat the axis, the Holy Trinity axis. Because that for me, really what it is, is very sacred. So at a physical level, we talked about the fetus developing in utero. We've all been through that journey. And the embryo, as it's developing, actually has these two tiny, almost like depressions in the membrane structure. And one depression, before even the spinal cord develops, one depression forms the uh, reproductive tract and one depression forms the mouth. So this is primal. This is before we can even think we already have this. Thumb level, these membranes are being molded through the fluidic body of womb and the waters of womb. They're being molded in a mirror image of each other at the same time which is very wow. interesting when we think about how we relate, where we speak from. And fact, structurally, the jaw and our pelvis are connected through the fascial system. So a lot of us as women, we hold a lot of tension in our jaws, and also that will be reflected in the pelvic floor. And our, our vagus nerve, which for anyone doing somatic healing work will know about the importance of the vagus nerve, and that actually runs through from the cervix to the larynx and into the brain as well as organs. So at all levels, we are really seeing and understanding ourselves as an interconnected system where the throat, the heart and the womb are not separate entities. They may have somewhat separate biological function, but especially at an energetic level, what makes us one within, what makes us whole and what makes us able to stay in our midline is when the bridge between the throat and the heart and the womb Oh, the bridge is connected. Right. And if you look at it energetically, it's it's like a golden axis. Okay. So when it comes to somatic trauma release work, something that is often overlooked is, especially for men, is the importance of releasing trauma, tension, contraction, and fear that is held in the pelvis. And it's not just people who have gone through sexual trauma who need to reintegrate the pelvic area. It's so overlooked. Yeah, it is. And so we often as women have to go there because we go through our teenagers, we have painful periods, and then we start to kind of disconnect from our womb because we don't really like what it feels like down there. That's certainly what my journey was like. And then maybe even childbirth takes us into a more difficult relationship with our womb. But all along, we have a relationship with our womb. It may not be an easy one, but it's a relationship with our womb. And for men, they also have this relationship that it's much more elusive, still important. Yeah. And the imprints that are held in the pelvic floor are very, very deep, very primal. Sometimes they can feel very difficult to access. And when you go into the the more energetic womb space, that's when it gets very important to do the formal release work because it's such a sensitive space and it mirrors back it's like a mirror it mirrors back to us our identity not just our pelvic health not just our reproductive health it's it actually is a mirror to our identity what we have created because what we receive into our womb energetically is what we accept for ourselves so it's where we see ourselves so doing somatic work and energetic work around clearing the womb and reintegrating the pelvis into the rest of the system structurally emotionally energetically it leads to this feeling of real inner wholeness that you kind of know what it feels like when you're there and like it's something that we're all kind of looking for people call it different oh, yeah. things like the strength or like a wholeness within and i really believe it starts from our roots and our womb
1: yeah it does we're looking for us you're looking for you. <laughs> That's what you're looking for, and this thing is about right. That's what this whole thing is about, and it's it is. We're laughing about it, and it's it is funny. But on another level, it's very profound. It is it is so. It is the most intimacy you can have that journey with yourself because you realize that that all of this time, you know, what you're looking for this guru or like this practice or this information, while well, all of those things inherently at the higher levels are you, but god the what you're really looking for is what you were just saying is you in all of that who you are, your pelvic like identity, especially what you were saying about men. I was just talking about this the other day in a new because we're always having just new layers of healing kind of revealed to us, and I was like, oh my god, I." was holding on to my pain as a form of connection with other people in my life that I desired closeness with so it's I feel like this is very true for men and that all of that like you were saying it gets held there in that pelvic whole girdle in the pelvic floor and it's like these cords that go beyond, like you were saying, beyond doing the muscular, which of course, 100% healed at a non-biological level, but it goes way beyond that into your identity. Yeah. Yeah. So what would you recommend for people to start doing today and stop doing today to heal their womb? Yeah,
0: big question. I would say if you're listening to this, Maybe just hold for a few moments the possibility that womb could be relevant to you. You don't have to know how. You don't have to know why. Just holding the possibility that there's something for you to discover about yourself, about your potential in your womb. That's the first thing. Because the first step is always going to be awareness and then a willingness. So... The willingness comes from understanding that, yes, we have this body and we can do a lot of work in different areas of our body and with different different chakras, but ultimately, if we're not going to go into the womb space, we can do as much kundalini rising work as we want and we can do a lot of energetic and expansive work with psychedelics, plant medicines, but we are missing the treasure chest. The buried treasure is in the womb. And it will help to anchor everything that you do. Everything you do will be anchored in when you can process it and integrate it through the womb. Because then you carry it with you, literally. And I think things like systems of medicating ourselves that disconnect us from our natural rhythm cycles, from our sensitivity as well. That, can, that needs to be, at some point, that needs to be something that we choose to address to choose to live without it, to believe we can live without it. So things like birth control, things like HRT, for a, lot of, for a lot of us, it's become very normal and it's become a way of managing a lot of discomfort and avoiding a lot of inconvenience and things that we feel could completely destroy us. Well, why would we want to be destroyed? And it goes back to, how did I get into this, this work, ego death? I didn't want to be destroyed is the most terrifying experience of my life and every ego death has been it doesn't get easier it if it's real ego death it's absolutely terrifying and it's complete destruction and so if we're avoiding our own soul's evolution because we're avoiding our own ego's destruction because we don't want to fall apart we don't want to feel pain we don't want to feel inconvenience we don't like the sensations we feel inside so we medicate ourselves to stop all of that we also are suppressing our innate wisdom and our healing so i would say that's something that maybe we want to stop but i think also if we go even before we're even adults we start to look at the birth process we look mm-hmm. at how much of our brain developed in utero and developed with certain programs of what's safe and what's not safe and why all leading to internal sensation, it takes us to the importance of conscious conception and conscious birth, really conscious conception. Because when we use our sacred bodies to, for example, birth children by accident, and the child is imprinted with, it's an accident, wasn't really called in, wasn't really at an ego level called in, right? Be at a spirit level, Mm -hmm. of course, it's ordained, but... At an ego level, that child grows with the fluctuations inside of I'm a mistake. My existence, my my very existence is uncertain. And then we have children at the age of four or five years old with severe anxiety, seeing psychiatrists who are, who are not necessarily asking them, asking the families about the conception process, the birth process, the ancestral history. And it's the child being mm-hmm. as the problem. So if that child is seen as a problem, they're growing up to be an adult that's now got problems. So for me, right. it's about conscious birth and it's about preparing our bodies and our wombs for childbirth to be a home. And I always say, if you don't want to go into your womb because you're too scared of what you're going to find when you go there, or what it feels like, Why would you ever want to let an innocent baby
2: grow in that environment? How could you?
0: It's like having a home that you don't clean and you don't want to go into certain rooms, but you would chuck a baby in there. You would never do that. So for me, it's the same thing with our womb. We have to really be conscious of what we're allowing in and how we're clearing our womb and healing our womb. If we're going to create life and if we start working at that end of the scale, which is real prevention rather than cure, then we don't really even have to think about trauma therapy later on in life as adults because who wants to spend their adult life in trauma therapy? Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Well, let's, get yeah. let's do this at the source. And the source is when we honor our wombs and our bodies and we understand what we are allowing in. We're understanding conscious conception and the birthing process. We can take a lot of the pressure, the strain, the trauma away from young people because they're not imprinted on that way to begin with. They knew that they were safe. From an inside level, you're safe, you're held, you're loved, you're wanted. Your existence is celebrated. Your birth is celebrated. And how many of us grew up feeling that?
2: Yeah. Amen. Amen.
0: It takes a lot of courage, I think, to just for us to expand our minds and treat our bodies as more than just machinery. To really embrace this physical thing that we are with every day and treat it as sacred is this is work that we are going to be doing all our life in many Mm -hmm. lifetimes. This is the challenge of the human experience. So it is challenging. And this is what we are here really to do collectively to understand the sacredness
1: of womb. And then all the meaning we assign to it, just like you were saying, is part of what just drives that suffering. The meaning we assign to pain and the meaning we assign to everything, our pelvic issues or our parents and all of that. It's, it's really just a messenger. And it's up to us to really look at that Instead of what you were saying about the escapism, that's just so prevalent in our society. It's like really the only way out is really through it rather than avoiding.
0: Yeah. And it's not easy to interpret
1: sensations,
0: especially the subtle sensations. We will often interpret womb sensations and, oh, that must mean there's something wrong because I can feel a twinging and I can feel an ache or a thump or there's a little pain there or... We interpret constantly that there's something wrong with us. So it's yeah. a real mindset shift to go, oh, well, maybe this thumping is a heartbeat. Maybe there's a heartbeat in my womb. Maybe my womb is beating with my heart. Maybe there's some kind of synchrony. Maybe there's some kind of dance inside me. Maybe there's some kind of music inside me. We don't go there. We go, oh, gosh, that's a bit uncomfortable. I don't really want to explore that. Let me take some Panadol or whatever you guys, what are you guys take in the U.S.? Panadol, paracetamol,
1: painkillers, uh, pain yeah. I mean, sure. But then at the same time, it's like, you know what? If you need a fucking painkiller, take one. But it's the way that you're taking it. it am I taking this because, oh, I'm a prisoner and I'm a slave to my pain? Or are you taking it because, you know what? I'm choosing to take the space that I need and I'm, can't really do that without taking this little painkiller and then I'm going to focus on what is this really telling me so it's all like exactly how you were saying but it's like the beating ourselves up about I have pain oh my god there's something wrong there's something wrong with me constantly I have a stomach ache there's some means there's something wrong no it doesn't it is what Exactly what it is, but it's the attitude in which, like, oh, okay, now the stomach ache or now the period pain rules my life. So I have to do these behaviors that are now shaped by this pain, by this something being wrong. Or you could just be like, you know what? I have this. I'm acknowledging it. I'm taking responsibility for it. And that's kind of like the first steps. And now you're acting from a place of choice. Absolutely. You know, so wild. <laughs> It is
0: wild. Yeah, I just think there's so much that we, I think there's more that we can do rather than things that we shouldn't do. Curiosity is the biggest thing. Like curiosity when it comes to our womb and our sexual energy is really what we can do. We can all be curious. It doesn't cost anything. We don't even have to change anything if we don't want to. But it doesn't cost us anything to be curious about What this is that we have in our bodies and is there something more to it? This organ that can create and nourish life. Is there
2: something more? And I'm so
1: just fascinated and so curious at just the brilliance of this womb alchemy and the structure behind the healing that you've created it's really magnificent it really is and it's something that is just a foundation that like invisible foundation around everything that no one wants to talk about yeah and it's so important to talk about it and that i'd like to know your thoughts on what a new sort of normal in the world would look like or within the spiritual healing community would look like for you
0: It's an interesting question. I've actually never thought about it. I think there's so much great work happening in so many different ways now. And spiritual healing, somatic healing and trauma healing is becoming now so much more accessible. There's so many amazing people sharing on Instagram, through different mediums like yourself, through art, podcasting. So there's already so much happening. I would say I would like to see more trauma-informed Psychedelic work taking place. I still think there's a lot of retreats out there in different places in the world, in the jungle, and they're taking people in to do a very deep, could give them access to very deep dimensions of consciousness through sacred plants. But they're not necessarily deeply understanding the trauma history of the people they're taking in. So that's one thing that I feel. We need to take more responsibility for at a human level when we're offering these kinds of experiences. So, I would like to see more trauma-informed psychedelic and plant medicine and spiritual healing work. I, in general, I think spiritual healing work does need to be more grounded and more trauma-informed because I have come across yeah. a lot of people who are accessing modalities and paradigms and philosophies and vocabularies of healing that are giving them something.
2: But the physical body is the same. Still got chronic health Mm -hmm. care,
0: still not at ease. Still going for surgeries, medications. And then when it comes to their, their actual childhood involved, a lot of people are still dissociated, despite having access to lots of different types of spiritual healing. There's still a level of dissociation there where memories are in seem invisible and lucid, far away. And they don't know. So there's a real shadow to all of this, and the shadow is just the unconscious. Really, the kind of self-ignorance. So I think spiritual work comes at a point and it comes, it's always, it's always there. Spirit is working through everything and it's always available. But I am also a very structured person, as expansive as I will go. I w- I'm also very structured and methodical. So if I've got a chronic health condition and I don't know why and I don't eat right, I don't exercise right, don't sleep right, don't breathe right and <laughs> I'm going off to do a psychedelic healing retreat and I don't know my trauma history, haven't done any somatic integration, I've never been to talking therapy, I haven't done any shadow work or child healing. That to me is a dangerous path because. You get access to certain levels of information, but you're trying to integrate integrate that into a body that you're not in. So then you evolve right. back. And then you end up falling into often the victim shadow, which is, I've done so much healing. How am I still here?
1: Totally. You're just spot on with that. And it's both exactly like you said. It's not either or. Oh, I do spiritual instead of. The biological, oh, I'm only going to do what my doctor says. Oh, I'm only going to do what this guru says. It's both. It's everything, you know? And it's you at the base of all of it. Like you get to decide what healing is. You get to decide all of it. There truly are no, and it may trigger some people, but really at the higher levels isn't such a thing as victimhood because as creator, we are all responsible in that way getting Absolutely. that
0: Absolutely. I just would say like I would really love to see people who are offering these kinds of services especially if they're abroad and they're taking people abroad the vi- the vigor with which they do the the consultation with the client in the first place so the preparation before you do this kind of work and then the integration after Because a lot of the time it's just, okay, you can come to a retreat, you can do the retreat, and then once you go back to your life, you're on your own. Like when we start working with sacred plant teachers, it's not just the ceremony, it's not the ceremony really. It's The ceremony starts after you've worked with the plant. That's when people are opening. And often there isn't really that network of support or that system of integration that allows that person to really heal what they need to heal. So I'd love to see that normalized. I think it would make the work much, much safer, much deeper, much more, much more real. And I think spirit wants us to go there. Spirit is, has created this physical experience. So we can't just completely bypass it and go, okay, well, I'm going to go find a guru in India and sit in a cave and learn mantras for five years, but I'm going to, I'm not going to do anything with regards to my physical body, my finances, my friends, my community, my family, because I don't want to look at any of that because I'm learning these mantras from someone who's really holy mm. or I'm doing these retreats in the jungle because I'm looking for something.
1: Yeah, I'd love to see plant medicine normalized in the Western world, specifically even outside of the spiritual healing community, just for the world mm. normalized because it. Not medical advice, but can undo years and years and years. Yeah. Yeah. Absolute. Every single
0: ceremony that I've had has actually felt like years and years of healing work. And has changed my life. I've come out of every single ayahuasca ceremony I've ever done. And now I think I've done about 70. And I've, each and every one of them, I've said, it's, that has changed my life. Because I've gone yeah. into it ready to change my life.
1: Exactly. Exactly. You have to be ready, like you said. You have to be asking and you have to be ready to listen because you're going to get messages. But if you're not ready to listen, you're not going to be a waste. Absolutely. You know, absolutely. Well said. It's a real deep listening activity. I just think there's a lot of great work happening in
0: like, community-based work we're seeing Mm -hmm. more women's circles men's circles men's groups now and i think that's where really powerful deep healing comes about because ordinary people are realizing that they're actually healers and their Mm -hmm. journey even just sharing their journey or just meeting someone in a particular place with compassion or just seeing somebody they're bringing healing into other people's lives so healing has to be more circular rather than top down and that's what Mm -hmm. i like about about the womb, about womb work and womb room, because it's complete equality. There is no one is in it. You're in the mix. It's complete. It's a completely even
1: ground for people to heal in. It's so crucial for healing too. I think for women and for men too, for all people, I've just experienced it as a woman having that group, that there is nothing else like we're in this world with other people for a reason and there is when you take that away I mean the baby doesn't have contact with anyone it will die so it's like that connection with other people it is it is very important and that support it's something that everyone needs not saying anything against sovereignty or being but it's both it's not one or the other it's like you need that to even create the sovereignty and the independence and oneness and all of that—very
0: true. I definitely resonate with that, and I have spent certain periods of my t- of my life in solitude, thinking and feeling at the time that was the right thing for me to do because I really didn't want to be—I kind of didn't want my peace to be interrupted by anybody. I was getting a lot of downloads and receiving a lot of kind of mystical insights, and I was very absorbed by it. I wasn't very interested Mm -hmm. in this 3d world too much and spirit showed me that i had become a observer to my own life and i was like oh i wonder why i was wondering why my life is so peaceful and actually spirit is inviting me to get back involved and become a participant again and it showed me through some really challenging experiences that human interaction and us being in the world together, in this womb together, is one of the most powerful, mystical forms of healing that we're ever going to experience. And the key, for me, was vulnerability. To be vulnerable, even after all the work and all the evolution, to still come out and be Show fragility and show uncertainty and show mistakes and show myself and be silly and not think I'm going to be judged and really just show up in vulnerability, emotional vulnerability, not thinking that you need to have meditated, dissolved all your emotions away. And when you get met by people in levels where you haven't yet met yourself in that vulnerability, that's when you realize what other people are there for. So womb is an interpersonal is also an interpersonal reality and healing for us.
1: It is beautiful. So it's now time for our finale biohacking with art question. I don't know if you're ready, but I'm ready. Are you ready? I'm so busy. <laughs> okay. You're womb ready. You are freaking born ready. <laughs> so if you had to describe your healing work with any art medium how would you make it and what would you choose
0: i love this <laughs> i would actually commission you to make it for me <laughs> okay oh man yeah so and it's funny because you asked me the question and i have just seen it in a vision in my latest ceremony very clearly where kameer healing opened up and showed me what it was And it was like this golden, 10-dimensional temple of light and mirrors. Wow. And it was kind of moving and it was showing me that it's alive. And it was almost too much for me to look at because I knew that's not me. That's so much bigger than me. Can I even look at that? How do I relate to that? And that's something that I've birthed seven years ago is still a lot for me to look at so i would say my media would be light and mirrors and gold sacred geometrical
2: gold laser perfect.
0: something like that if you can do that that'll be wonderful
1: perfect i love it i think of pyrite a lot when you say that too you know the stone pyrite yes it's beautiful. And it almost it's gold, but it also has it reflects too. Because it has that metallicness about it. Really cool. Cause it's so very, it's almost kind of like a gold mirror. Some uh, some pieces are.
0: That's really interesting. I've always looked at pyrite, but I've never actually got a piece of pyrite for myself. It's very, I understand it's related to, to abundance. Pyrite.
1: Yes. And healer's gold is really cool like that. It's uh, it's almost like an antiqued mirror on the outside, but then there's gold underneath, but like a lighter gold. Really cool. Again, it's not pyrite, but the polished pieces are more mirror-like than pyrite would be. Peace. And it is hard to find usually. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I might try to find some now when I jump off this call.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they're amazing crystals in my life and hopefully soon to be yours too. I'm definitely going to get myself some pyrite. Awesome. I'm so grateful to have come across your work and just to have connected with you. And I'm just so appreciative for you sharing so vulnerably and so generously with us. It's just been such a privilege to have you here today. I'd love it if you could just tell people where they can find you and learn more about your work. We'll have all this listed in the show notes as well, the actual links. But where can they find you? Sure. You can find
0: me in the Cosmic Woo. Just say my name and I'll appear. Or you can visit my website. (laughs) Or you can visit my website, which is kimiahealing.com. And you can reach out to me. Just drop me a line if, if you need to ask anything or you want some guidance on your healing path. That's probably the best way to, to get in touch with me.
1: That is the best answer ever. It's the most honest answer. How do you really find me? Yeah, in the cosmic womb. And you'll know you'll get a real response. Yeah, yeah. You oh. will get a response. And people know. Okay.
0: People find you, like in for everyone, people, the people that are supposed to find us, find us. I certainly yeah. believe that they're actually
2: cool. Yes, Amen. Amen. So, like we found each other.
1: Like we found each other. Exactly. And you're coming on my. We're post- living. I am. That'll be. That's another cosmic womb adventure right there. We <laughs> what That's gonna be. <laughs> oh, but like I said, it's just been magnificent having you here, having connected with you. It's just been beyond galactic conversation we've had today to help others face their shit and heal themselves. And remember, as always, the truth will set you free. We will see you all next time. If you liked this episode or you think this show would be useful for someone else, the best way you can show your support is to share it on your social media outlets with family and friends, or subscribe with the link below to receive exclusive perks. And if you're feeling really generous, please leave a review on podchaser.com, YouTube, or Apple Podcasts, and pick up a signed copy of my book about how I healed myself from endometriosis on my Instagram at Meredith w. Ochoa. Thank you so much for listening and for having the bravery to face your shit and heal
2: yourself.